0: Father, we submit to your will and to your ways. In our season of wholehearted devotion, we come before you with a humble heart to receive from you. Lord, speak to us. Father, speak to us. Lord, speak to us. Father, speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Please take a seat. The sound changed, Judah. Here. Can you hear me loud and clear? Can you hear me loud and clear? Fantastic. Amen. Okay, so we are doing a series titled "The Devoted," and we are using the word "devoted" as a seven-letter acronym. And uh, it's been a blessing so far. If we are a preacher and you preach and you yourself, you get blessed. Amen. Then you know that god is speaking and i'm here today to look at the part four of our series the devoted our logo this year is on the screen now oh i thought you guys are with me are you there yeah our logo this year is, uh, is supposed to be on the screen now okay so that is the logo now our theme scripture for the year is first chronicles 28 and the verse 9 and you my son solomon acknowledge the god of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind for the lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought if you seek him he will be found by you if you forsake him he will reject you forever this is our anchor scripture for the whole year let's say God with a wholehearted devotion so part four of our series the devoted today we are talking about orderly that every devoted Christian is an orderly Christian every wholehearted devoted Christian is very orderly everybody say orderly everybody say orderly everybody shout orderly so we're going to look at what we call orderliness now when god was moving with the people of israel from egypt to the promised land one of the things god did was that god gave laws and set up systems he gave them a priest and the way they should worship and how they should approach him, and how they should not approach him, uh, how the priest should dwell, how women should behave, how men should behave. God created a system that will influence positively the behaviors of the people. Okay, because you see, your relationship with God is behaviorally driven. So, God will make sure that he brings in order and that order is supposed to help you cultivate a certain behaviors how many of you know that christianity you don't tell people that you are christian you show people that you are christian how many of you know that you don't tell people that you are christian but you show people that you are a christian so Matthew 5 The verse 15 to 16. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So when you light a lamp, if you live in the village and you light a lamp, you don't put it under a bowl, you put it on a stand, you put it on a table, you put it at a place that it can give light to everyone. In the house how many of you come from a home how many of you, you raise your hands if you come from a home if you, you come from a, and that Jesus now Jesus says something here verse 16 in the same way let your light shine before others especially from your home from your house let your light shine that they may see that they may see your good deeds And glorify your father in heaven. Please note that God wants you, whilst you are believing God to glorify you, and you are asking for the glory of God to come upon you, to come upon your marriage, to come upon the works of your hands, whilst you want to shine in your family, God also wants a certain glory from you. And guess what? The glory that comes from you to God is when your light shines. Is by your behavior. Now people will see you and say, "Wow!" Like just Ben just shared that he would have been smoking weed and selling weed and probably injecting cocaine, but he met Jesus and Jesus transformed his life. There must be a continuous testimonies that is based on behavior than the things that are very material. So you get a new car, you share a testimony. But that is not what really brings glory to God. What brings glory to God is the transformative power of Jesus at work in your life. Where people have evidence... That your character is transformed, your behavior is transformed as a result of your relationship with Jesus. Your husband will look at you and tell you, I want to go to that Jesus with you. Your wife will look at you and say, I want to submit to that Jesus in you by submitting to you. Because your light so shines before men that they begin to glorify your father in heaven. The clear sign of a wholehearted, devoted Christian is in character, is in behavior. Don't make this year's theme a slogan for your lips. This year's theme should not be just a slogan, but this year's theme must reflect in your life. And I'm saying that the most important evidence of your commitment to the lord that you were wholehearted christian the most important evidence is your behavior how christ is shining through you are you here so in today's sermon i have divided it into two hopefully i'll finish off if i don't i will continue next week Now, the first part I'm sharing on, the seven non-devoted Christians by behavior. The seven non-devoted Christians by behavior. If you want to see a Christian who is not devoted to the Lord wholeheartedly, you can tell by the person's behavior. And I'm going to suggest to you seven ways you can measure yourself by behavior to see whether you are wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord or not. Seven ways to do that. Seven non-devoted Christians by behavior. Number one, those those who behave like snakes. Those who behave like snakes. Those who behave like snakes. If you ever heard my message years ago when I preached about the church is a zoo. In that message, the church is a zoo. I shared on the various animals in the church. I'm coming from the same spirit. I'm coming from the same, to help you understand how to cultivate the right sort of behaviors. Now, to be able to cultivate the right sort of behaviors, you must know the wrong ones. Okay? It's just like taking a drug. They must tell you that they are fake ones. And the signs of a genuine one, has a certain code okay so those who behave like snakes now these are those who poison the environment of a church with gossip lies and rumors now these are the people who even when they are giving prayer topics inside the prayer topic is a gossip um, brothers and sisters, I want us to pray for Sister F. I, I have a feeling, I sense in my spirit that her husband is disturbing her. Then the others who are very innocent, say amen, amen, amen. And then you move on to the next one. Now you don't have the feeling again. Now you said, you know, I saw the husband with a certain girl. And I think that the man is cheating on her. So we have to pray and divide and take out that Jezebel art of his life. Hey, are you gossiping or you are leading a prayer? Now, do you see that daddy likes pre- pleasant voices more than pleasant harmony? Because when pleasant voices is singing, he stands up. When pleasant harmony is singing, he sits down. Now, do you know that Daddy likes pleasant harmony more than pleasant voices? Because when pleasant voices are singing, he stands up. When uh, pleasant voices are singing, he sits down. When pleasant harmony is singing, he stands. When he he sits down, it's not every standing up that is. An indication that you are singing well. Some of my standing up is for encouragement. Now, that is the way people can poison a church environment. Now, people can really poison the church environment. Do you see that when we went to church, all the rich people were given special seats and we the poor people we were made to sit anywhere this, this is the spirit this is what we call the serpentine spirit have you heard do you know it's a serpentine spirit and it started in the garden of Eden how they can twist words and add some and subtract some to let another person look very bad let me show you how dangerous a gossiper is psalm 140 verse 3 140 verse 3 from the NIV. they make their tongues as sharp as a serpent the poison of vipers is on their lips so when somebody comes to you and sits down with you and begins to quest, gossip about another person to you, there's a spirit called the spirit of the serpent, a serpentine spirit, has just been released. And the person's tongue with which he, she or he is speaking has now become the, the, the tongue of a serpent. In the physical, you will not see it, but in the realms of the spirit, it is. Now, if you leave a conversation and you are bitter against someone, the serpent just poisoned your heart. If you leave a conversation and you you develop hatred against someone and you feel depressed, you feel lonely, you feel rejected, you feel something, you feel that this is not your church, be very careful. There was a church that a propaganda took place in that church. A few offended people decided that the headquarters of that church they have left there to a branch because people gossip too much and the conspiracy started gaining ground and people started believing that the headquarters gossip too much so the pastor of the church the senior pastor will not see this person why not you used to be in the headquarters, why are you in the branch? Oh, they gossip too much. Miss another person, oh, they gossip too much. Meet this one, you are not in church again, they gossip too much. So the senior pastor decided to do his own investigation. He called people from the branch, brought them to his office. He said, I understand you people are in that branch because the headquarters gossips a lot. He said, Yeah yeah that you you know you don't know because okay so the head pastor said can you tell me the latest gossip about yourself can you also tell me the latest gossip about yourself now the people sat before the head pastor and decided to remember the latest gossip there was no latest gossip can we go to the next gossip the one before the latest there was no gossip can you go back a year in this church can you have you heard of me then they just came to their realization and said, No, actually, nobody has got it about me. Nobody has. You see, a one gossip gossiper can start a whole propaganda, a whole propaganda to achieve a certain aim. Let me show you another scripture and show you the models of operandi. Of gossipers. Proverbs 26 verse 20. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. When you go into any department of a church, into any grouping within the church, where there is a consistent quarreling going on, there is a gossiper inside. And usually, the strategy of a gossiper is this. I want to set conv- confusion. I want to divide and rule. I want to divide and rule. Years ago, we used to have a pastor association in this area. We who had small ch- churches. I mean, I, my, my church was the biggest among the association. We were the uh, captains of, uh, of tens. So at that time, my church was about 80 or 90. There were others that had 15... And uh, others had about 25. So we formed the association. There was one pastor amongst us who always came to the meeting and the other pastors who were absent from the meeting, you ask, oh, where is this pastor? Where is this pastor? So they are saying, he always had a message they are saying, they are saying, until one day I confronted my servant of God. Why do you always have a message from people who are offended? Why are they not coming to this meeting to express their offense? Why are you a carrier of a message of offense? He said, oh, you know something? Um, They will come, they will come. I began to feel uncomfortable. Now he decided to win me into the group of (laughs) offenders. So one day he came to me. And told me the story so there was a wedding and because our church we had a wooden structure and the rest were meeting in uncompleted buildings so the wedding took place in our church on a Saturday Monday this pastor was in my house and he said do you know that this pastor whose church's wedding was held in your t- chapel is very bitter against another pastor who came to the wedding I said why he said because the members who came to wedding here, who came to wedding here, did not go to this pastor's church early. They went to this other pastor's church. So that pastor is very bitter. So I said, but why are you telling me? Why are you not going to tell the pastor who another pastor is bitter against? He said, oh, you know, because you're a very wise man, that's the way they start. They get to Everybody loves a little bit of flattering. When they start flattering you, you lose your guard oh you're a wise man and i know that if i tell you and in fact i was losing my guard if i tell you you'll be able to handle it and all those things then i came back to my senses and i said no i think you should go and see the pastor i'm not the right person to carry this message and i'm told, monday morning he was sweating like a pregnant fish and he had come monday morning what was his motivation monday morning So I say, you know something, go. Go. I want you to go to the pastor right now. God being so good, just when I was asking him to go to the pastor right now, the pastor was leaving to Shiloh. So he was passing through my house to tell me he was traveling to Nigeria to go and pray in Post church. I said, ah, man of God, thank you, you have come. Thank you that you are here. Sit down. I put him down. Then I put this man of God down. I said, I'm not going to let you say the things you said to me. I'm going to repeat it. Whilst I'm repeating it, if I let something out, let me know. <laughs> I repeated the same thing. I said, that is that something? I said, no. He said, man of God, why did you do that? He said, the people who came to marry I don't know them. How would they come to my church? I said, hold on. Then the other pastor who is offended, somebody told him something. I said, to him, go and bring the other pastor. The other pastor came. The other pastor came in and said, I said, but you, why are you offended that these people, you are just assuming? He said, me, I'm not offended about anything. I said, but this pastor says you you have been offended. He said, no, I haven't seen him. (laughs) After the wedding, we haven't met. Man of God, when did we meet? They have not met. All the guy was doing was that many pastors were coming to the fellowship and his influence was dwindling. So he wanted to divide our front, get some of us offended and get us of the list, so that he could still rule and control. And the whole pastor orchestrated that. I have seen churches collapsed as a result of the work of gossipers who are controlled by the spirit of the serpent. Are you guys hearing my sound? By the spirit of the serpent. You have to be very careful. The news you spread. If you cannot spread the good news about Jesus, don't spread the good news about the bad news about people. Are you here? You are called to preach good news. You are not called to gossip about people. The difference between gossip and the gospel is that gossip is bad news. Gospel is good news. Gossip is bad news about people. Gospel is good news about Jesus. It is only spreading the good news about Jesus that you get a crown in heaven it is not spreading bad news about people that will bring you any reward from the Lord. please we beg you zip it this is our year of devotion you have discouraged people enough you have said bad things about people enough you have divided families enough you have separated friends enough you have planted the seed of discouragement enough you have planted the seed of bitterness enough please stop you need my permission to discuss my private matter with someone if you don't have my permission it may be true but you are gossiping If you are saying something about me and you see me coming and you cannot continue, that is a gossip. Let's stop it. Now, the most dangerous thing is for you to start working against the church because Jesus will fight you. Be a pillar in a church, not a caterpillar. Don't pull down the pillars that are standing. You target a brother that is committed in the church and you go and tell the brother, hmm, this church, eh, this church, they will use you and dump you. Be careful, Lord, they will use you and dump you. If, if you are t- telling somebody that, that means that you yourself, you have been used and dumped. So why are you still around? why are you still around but you see that is the way the serpentine spirit operates this sermon that he preached was against you oh there was a brother who suddenly became very cold in church and would come to church like this I'll be preaching and you could see from his face hatred one day according to my father son you have changed See that is, somebody called me one day, I traveled to Nigeria. When I landed at the airport, somebody called me that. You have cursed all of us Nigerians. I said, I mentioned Nigerians. He said, no, they say, you said everybody doing 419 will die. I said, brother, are you doing 419? In the first place, I don't see everybody doing 419 will die. I said, if you take somebody's money and the person is pained and prays against you and curses you, it will come after you. You will buy a car with that 419 money you are driving. And because of that curse, you will get accident. I said, that's what I said. so daddy, they said it differently. They said, you curse us. They said, you curse us. So somebody can even pick a pastor's sermon, twist it to achieve a certain aim. Be careful listening to good news about jesus not bad news you came to church to listen to good news about jesus not bad news about people make it your point this year that you are going to select the people you talk to if that conversation does not inspire me i will not be part of it our conversation our way should be seasoned with salt Our way should be gracious. Our way should be pleasant. We should inspire people by the things we say. We should encourage people by the things we say. If you are a devoted Christian, you will be an encourager. It is the height of timidity not to discuss your problem with the person who offended you. But you tell other people and say, but don't ask you. Number two, those who behave like pigs. Those who behave like pigs, they are filthy. Second Peter 2 verse 22. What happened to them shows that the prophets are true. From the Good News Bible. A dog goes back to what it has vomited. And a pig that has been washed goes back to roll in the mud so right now eh, i am watching the gossipers but some gossipers are also pigs so after i have preached this message the first reaction is to gossip about this message hey today daddy called us snakes in the church he called all of us we who care And I've been praying for people. Now, we don't even know how to select our prayer topics anymore. Because if you don't take care and you give a certain prayer topic, you'll be seen as a snake. You see, pigs will always go back. They come to church. They hear the message. They cry. They come to the altar. But they go back and put themselves in the mud again. These are filthy people. The kind of sin they commit are very filthy sins. They hear me preach. They say, daddy, I am leaving that husband to their wife. I am not going there again. You go back to it again. Put yourself in the mud. Number three, the goat. (laughs) Those who behave like goats, they are very rebellious. Matthew 25, 33. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. When you are going the rapture on the judgment day, when you are put on the left, you are going to where? Hell, straight. When there are goats in the church, they will say, They, they are preaching, touch not the anointed. Touch not. Are they God? We are all anointed. One man of God who went mad, decided to fight his spiritual father who laid his sins upon him. And when he was, he said, I know him. Who is he? I haven't been to his bedroom before. If he says he's called, we are also called. We are also anointed. If he says anointed, we are also anointed. There can never be the, you see the oil on the head of Aaron, it will always be different from the oil on your head. Do you know what happened and that man? One day, we were at home. The wife ran to me and mommy. My husband had left the room. He's walking on the street talking by heart. He has to go and catch that man of God from the street. Be careful when you are rebelling in the presence of the anointed. Be careful when you are rebelling in the presence of an authority God has placed over you. Be careful when you belong to a department. The leader of that department has an authority from the lost anointed. Don't get familiar with anybody that God has placed over you. If your wife is the head of, for instance, the protocol, and you are a member of the protocol, when you come to protocol meeting, your wife is your authority in the protocol meeting you cannot be bringing husband's things. Are you here? Do you understand? When God elevates a man and puts that person in the position of authority, be careful how you deal with that person. God does not put saints in the poor authority. People in the poor authority also have their weaknesses. It is how you respond to that weakness. We are not saying that the lost anointed does not make a mistake. But you should be careful that the man... So, I preach a sermon elsewhere. Between Noah's ark and his tent. Between Noah's ark and his tent. You know, in Noah's ark, Noah's children obeyed him. Because he was hearing from God the things God was telling him was so spiritual. I mean, the, the man could hear audibly from God. They were afraid of him. But when the man moved from the, ten, from the ark into the tent, his child, his last child, became familiar with him. Why he did not know was that the Noah in the ark is the same Noah in the tent. Sometimes that is a problem some of us have. I thank God for mommy's life. Mommy honors me between my tent and my ark. 30 years of marriage today, she still values the anointing on my head and values it very, very well. She hasn't gotten familiar with me. Till now, 30 years of marriage, and she's still in charge of my food sets my table lays my table between my ark and my tent my wife treats me the same i do you understand those of you were That God has graciously brought you closer to a man of God. You have known the man of God very well. If you don't take care, you would when you leave the ark to the tent, where you go to the man of God's house, you see his ordinariness. You see his weakness. You may go to a man of God's house and see him quarreling with his wife. That That was his tent. In his tent, he's been human, but he has not lost his anointing. Are you here revere the men and women that god has placed over you in fact, a devoted person a devoted christian will honor will honor the set man the set man and one way to honor the set man in the house is to listen to his delegated authorities it's a guy who, who really, really messed up his life. So we were in this church and a group of young people came to church. The senior pastor at the time had very bad human relations. So some of the youths were offended at his behavior, his pronouncements. And he was the one who normally would lead prison, a very good prison worship leader. And when it comes to church, he say, every eyes closed. Every... So one of the youth decided that, I'm going to confront him. I have a way to confront him. So during the time of worship, he goes to stand just opposite where the man was standing. The man said, every eyes closed, he opened his eyes like this. Every eyes closed, his eyes were still opened. After the service, they met with a friend. "Challenge today I gave it to him. He was very angry in the pulpit. All the gentlemen in that church I know some have become engineers some have become doctors some have traveled outside they are married this guy alone still lives in the same place in his father's house he's hit over 50 he's not married had had children all over the distance you do not touch the lost anointed and remain the same Are, are you here with me do you understand Don't be rebellious in the church. And don't be rebellious anywhere. Even your unbelieving leaders in the church, in the office, the Bible tells us that God placed them there. Be orderly. Be humble. Respect authority. Honor authority. If God places a man over you, honor the man. Respect the man value the man. This is is what we call Christian conduct. It is not the way your mother married your father conduct. This is Christian conduct. Christianity is behaviorally driven. It is not tongues driven. It is not praise driven it is behaviorally driven god is not going to judge you based on how many hours you prayed which is important because it helps you to do the most important thing behavior the closer you get to the lord in prayer the better you become in your behavior are you here the closer you get to the lord in praise and worship the better you become in your behavior But the underlying factor of everything you do is that let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I am not so obsessed about God glorifying me. I am obsessed about me glorifying God. Because whatever you give to God, He gives back to you. And He gives you more. If you give him glory with your life, he will give you his glory and he will give you more. Christianity minus character is a waste of time. Tongue talking minus character is a waste of tongues. Preaching with that character is a waste of energy. You think if I were a wise cheater, a wise beater, have another life, and I'm standing here preaching, you think the Lord will mark me? No. Man loses at the outward appearance, but God loses at the heart. We will honor you based on your outward appearance, but would God honor you based on your heart? what is inside that heart they say if you are preaching and your church is quiet you are either not anointed or they are thinking deep (laughs) the second one is the truth here today number four those who behave like tortoises Oh, it's a very difficult thing to raise a man like a boy. When you expect your uh, your daughter to be a woman, she's still behaving like a girl. It's so frustrating. If you marry a man who behaves like a boy, you want to cry. If you marry a woman who behaves like a girl, you want to cry. It is true. Now here. Hebrews 5 verse 12. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truth of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Sometimes when I see the people that have been with me for a long time through Battle of champion days are making flimsy excuses for not coming to church. My heart breaks when I see people who have been in this church for two years, three years, five years, ten years, still complaining that I was sick and nobody came to visit me. When was the last time you visited a sick person in this church? When was the last time you picked the phone and called a sister or a brother who had not been to church? There's a sermon i preached it before. I think I should repeat it in a year of devotion. The 10 things God cannot change till you change. The first is that God cannot change the way people treat you until you change the way you treat people. Love people, you'll be loved. Respect people, you'll be respected. Care for people, you'll be cared for. Life is very transactional. It's like farming. You can only reap what you sow there are people in this church today if people don't see them for one week they will call them they will follow them up because when he did not see others for a day, he called he followed up you know my sermon about serving people in church but not in Christ one of them is the pamphlet. the people that feel that you are privileged for them to be a member of your church. And therefore, they have the right for certain attention and the right for certain things and they must be pampered to serve the Lord. You have outgrown that. You should be a teacher by now, not being taught. You should be, drink, you should be chewing bones by now, not drinking milk. So years ago, two of our relatives came to My mother's relatives came to live with us. One was very, very poor. And I trained the child on how to eat solid food. At a very tender age, the child, we see the child eating apimampisi and koutumbre and and kobe, and pepe. At the same age with the other child, he's been drinking... um, cereal um, milk and when the two of them are playing football you see who is who no you are still not a healthy christian because we have to go back to basis to help you grow we cannot teach you complex things because you are not growing the growth of every Christian depends on that Christian. I said, Would you hear when you were in your mother's womb? Your mother ate and you ate. Your mother took drugs even on your behalf. But once the umbilical cord between you and your mother was disconnected, you had to eat yourself. The remark said, When your word your word came to me and I ate them, I ate it, it was sweet to my soul. You see, right now. As I'm preaching, I am only putting the word of God on your lips, on your tongue. It is for you to swallow it. It is for you to eat it. My word is to cook the food. Bring it. Place it before you. Begin to put it on your tongue. If you like, I will put it on the spoon and put it on your tongue. But will you eat it? So the man said, no God, I'm too young to go and, and, and speak. And the Lord touched his lips and said, I have put my words in your mouth. Years later he said, your words are like fire, shut up in my bones. The word that God put on his mouth, he ate it, assimilated it, went into him. And then the word even entered into his bones. This message today will change the life of someone. And one day the person will refer to, you remember when daddy spoke about the character of the non-devoted Christian? That was the day my life changed. That was the day my life turned around. There will be someone here that if the person steps out of this auditorium will never even remember the title of this message. Because the person did not even allow his mouth, he did not even open his mouth for the word to enter. Let alone for the word to remain on the tongue. The food on the tongue is not part of your blood. It's the one you have eaten. It's gone inside you that becomes part of your blood. This is a word-based church. If you are eating what I preach, when they cut you into pieces, every piece of your being must contain a revelation from God's word. When your pastor finishes preaching, go back home. Go back to Facebook. Or right now as you are making your notes, go back, read the notes again. Pray with the notes. I'm telling you, all these things I've been sharing the devoted, if you take every topic I've shared here and you use it as your prayer topic for the whole year, by the time the year will end, you'll become a better Christian. This year, stop asking God for things. And focus on your growth as a Christian. The other things will come. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven first. And all other things shall be added. Seek the kingdom of God first. And his righteousness. And all other things will be added. Will be given to you. I'm an example of a man who commits his entire life seeking the law. Seeking the kingdom. And what God adds to that man's life. So I have something called the 70s of Christian growth. I'm not going to share it today. I'll have a now time to share. But number five, those who behave like dogs. Those who behave like dogs. Those who are unstable, they behave like dogs. Proverbs 26 verse 11. As a dog returns to his vomit, so fools repeat their folly. So the, the, the Bible is saying that if you repeat your mistake, you are, you are like a dog. I raise dogs, you know, in my house. And the most disgusting thing to ever see is the dog vomiting and then going back to eat his own vomit. It's so disgusting. You can never imagine a dog eating his own vomit. It's so disgusting. But the Bible is saying that if you repeat the same sin, Over and over, over and over, you are like a dog. In the context of the Bible, dogs were seen as unholy animals. Lord, now now dogs have become our friends, so we don't see. But the the people of the Bible had a certain view of dogs, and within that context, saying that if you repeat your mistakes, the same sin, you come here, you lie before God, you you, Father forgive, Father forgive. In twenty-four hours, you even do a worse one. repetition of the same sin after conviction of the Holy Ghost reduces you to a dog before Satan. Satan doesn't need any weapon. Just a stick can clear you off the surface of the earth. It is dangerous for you to live in a sin and have a seared conscience Conscious that conscious that if you are going back to sin, you don't feel guilty anymore. There is no wholehearted believer, no wholehearted born again Christian who will continuously commit the same sin and now call the sin mistake, my weakness, my mistake, my weakness. In the past, in this church, we are suspended people who have committed adultery and they have had people who have come to confront and say oh so only this mistake she made the mistake forgive her she made the mistake you call adultery mistake you call adultery mistake adultery is a mistake the new name for sin for your own it's a mistake Say Lord forgive. Say Lord have mercy. Don't don't I'll share the next part next week. Six. those who behave like foxes. Sons of son two fifteen. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Hey, listen. You see, when we see little foxes, we are dealing with a sin that looks like a cancer. Something that starts, and it's not, and there are a lot of foxes in church. Those people, those people, they are very cunning. What they are doing, you will not even see it. It's the story of a sister who befriended, listen, who went to church with her husband and befriended a lady who sat on the same seat with them and after church they exchanged numbers the next time they invited the lady over to the house after church service the lady started offering her services and going to the house and this sister felt i have found a friend i have found a sister the time she realized her husband was coming home late her husband cannot account for certain periods. Please, if you have a husband, let me tell you something. If your husband cannot account for certain times in his life, and when you question him, he gets angry. Am I your son? Am I supposed to tell you where I've been and where I've not? If a man begins to behave like that, he's a suspect. Call IGP Dampare. I'm telling you, Oh, the ladies, this is free advice. Free counsel. You should count, you should account for your disappearance and appearance. There are some men, eh? One baby is sum, one baby a The Nigerians, do you understand? One baby is sum, one baby. Is I don't know how to say this. They are like so. Sometimes they're bright. Sometimes they are in darkness. Watch people who become extremely nice and try to find a way into your life. It is not in everybody you meet in church that is born again. In fact, this Sunday, majority of witches went to church. In fact, this Sunday, Satan is moving from church to church. Searching for whom he will devour. Be careful, the people. Be called my sister or my brother. Build relationships, but build solid ones. Build solid ones. Finally, finally for today, we'll continue next week. Those who behave like locusts. Who behave like locusts. Joel 1, verse 4. What the locust swarm had left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, other locals have eaten. See, what locals do is that they wait for your harvest to start showing. Then they show up. There was a brother who was struggling, very struggling in the church. And finally, the Lord opened the door for him. So he came to share his testimony. And the Lord started opening more doors and he was not sharing the testimony again. I said, brother, you should be sharing your testimony, you say daddy. That single testimony I shared, the number of people that came to my house to borrow money. The number of people that came to tell me stories for money. Daddy, I am tired. I'm not sharing testimony. Then I realized that a series of people were not sharing their testimony. They've all gone through those experiences. My first book I launched. Somebody was there writing the amount of money people were pledging. 24 hours the person called me for financial help. Let me tell you this. They are very genuine needy people in church who must be identified and be helped. They are also very greedy people in church who have developed a lifestyle based on greed and they are always in financial crisis. If you develop a lifestyle that is bigger than you, who should finance it? Cut your cloth according to your size because nobody wants the extra cloth. Wait. I'm telling you. Many needy people are needy for two reasons. Laziness, greed, and the third one, arrogance. There are people working very hard. Let me tell you this. If somebody works very hard, wakes up every morning, goes to work every morning, every evening for 20 days, some even go on weekends for 28 days or 24 days in a month. And the person manages as a result of devotion and love for God, comes to pay tight. And somebody sleeps at home and does not work and approaches the pastor and tells the pastor, take the hard worker's money to finance the life of the lazy person. That will not happen. Don't be a locust. Break the dependency syndrome. Don't be there and say, we the poor people, the rich people in the church do not help. Nobody was born with money. People worked hard for their money. And they want the pastor whom they are entrusted with their money to be responsible with the money that they have given the pastor. By all means, we will help the needy, but we'll help them on our terms, not on their terms. I have a number of friends. One of them amazes me. Despite the fact that some friends are offended because they feel that they are shareholders of my wealth the two of her has made money and it's not helping us the two of has made money and some of them have not even asked me for help they assume that i should just help but one friend of mine very close friend of mine has never asked me for money he's a civil servant has a family but has never never come to me and say "Oh, i need help for my children's school fees or i need this One day I asked him, do you know you you haven't asked me for help before? He says, because I come to you, I see the responsibility on you. I don't think it would be fair for me to put another pressure on you. The second reason is that my lifestyle is said that I'm never in hardship. And I'm not going to change. I keep buying cars. He's used one car for over 30 years. The same car for over 30 years. So I wonder why wouldn't this guy just walk to my house and say, Charlie, give me one of your cars. The same car for over 30 years. And I keep changing. And he doesn't care. We are friends. We grew up together. If I have multiple cars and he has only one car for 30 years, he's not going to be envious of mine. He's not going to change his car to compete with me. And put him in financial crisis. So the way I lead my life, I am never in financial need. anytime he has a major issue i go myself to support him i go myself to support him listen don't let your life be driven by greed and competition you will walk yourself into debts you walk yourself into unnecessary financial crisis again there are so many people that you don't know the source of their finance Don't put yourself in that position where you enter into financial need. Again, don't have a sense of entitlement to think that somebody must by all means help you. The person may need help more than you. If you think you are in debt of of 1,000 Ghana cities and so somebody must pay for you, the person you are talking to is in debt of 1,000,000 Ghana cities. And the bank is chasing the person. So the person is in a nice car. The car was bought on credit. How much the person is paying every month? It's 180 times the one you think he should use to help you. In fact, honestly speaking, most rich people don't have money sitting in their accounts. All the monies are in investment. That's why people feel that when they give church money, Church has a responsibility to protect their money. Do you know God can bless you? Little folding of arms and little sleep. And poverty will come to you like a bandit. All hard work brings profit. Get up from your sleep and slumber. And work hard. Just work hard. And see God. And see God blessing you. One day, a gentleman walked to my office and said, His wife just gave birth and they have been discharged from the hospital. They needed help. Without hesitating, give money. I asked him, Do you come to church here? He said, Yes. Having seen you, and then he mentioned one or two people in the church, their names. Okay, fine. I gave the person money. But I looked after the person. To see if I'll find him in the church. He was not in the church. I knew this person had just duped me. Never been a man. Five months later, he comes to me thinking I will not recognize him. This time, with a different story. I said, Son, sit down. You see, I'm not very strong. I would have slapped you. <laughs> but if I slap you or you get angry, you beat me. So I won't slap you. But if you don't leave my office right now, i called call the police to chase you. I've heard those stories. One gentleman in the church came to me and said his mother was dead. He was just called. I had to put money together. Go back home. See your family. When you get there and there are other things, call me. I didn't see him for two years. One time he occurred to me, I was worried. I called his friend. I said, this is your friend who used to come to church. Went home to bury the mother and he hasn't come back. Have you heard from him? He said, he, ma- he buried the mother when? I said, oh, Say, daddy, this guy's mother has been dead since I know I... we met him. Nobody died. He has never traveled anywhere. He's still here in this city. He just came to dupe you. May God catch all the dupers. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that. The anointing to prosper and to breakthrough is upon your life i believe that if we take these principles i've shared today and you practice them and put them into practice it's only a matter of time that god will exalt you if we take these revelations i've shared today and put them into practice it's only a matter of time that you will see divine promotion i speak upon your life May the word of the Lord have impact on your life. May the word of the Lord change your life. May the entrance of his word give you light and give you understanding. I pray for you. You will get better. You will get bolder. And you will get bigger. You are blessed. In our season of devotion, I pray that God will help you to give him all your heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord praise every one of you. Thank you for coming to the service.